unforeseen circumstances provide for an environment of advancement, improvement, and accountability. Sprinkled with a tad bit of innovation, the hospitality industry is on a comeback after experiencing the net negative, which was COVID-19. However, for 2022, the trend continues to be on the upswing for anyone who works in hospitality or the gig economy. As the industry continues to figure out how to satisfy customer expectations without compromising quality or safety. One man who could provide some helpful tidbits on the matter is Travis T-Bone Talbot. He's a shambling nomad, prolific consultant, eccentric coach, goodwill champion, who is obsessed with everything hospitality. Travis is driven by all things food, drink, and restaurants. And he's currently on a mission to bring authentic and inspiring hospitality back to the train. He joined me this week to talk all things hospitality, the future of the industry, and so much more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. I appreciate it. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Travis, tell me, I'm, I'm fascinated to get your perspective on the state of the hospitality industry after COVID and whether you think it can survive. Uh, actually, you know what? I think COVID, um, I work with one guy who gave me a great line. He's like, COVID started out as a crisis. Then it became camouflage where it allowed operators to kind of reset themselves and i know the language at the time was pivoting um but then it also became a catalyst i think it forced a lot of hospitality operators to kind of really dive into their business really pay attention to their guests and figure out what their guests were expecting and anticipating and then you know finally take the time or have the time because so many hospitality people are so strapped for time but take the time to actually reshape their models and to shift with consumers so you know, COVID was definitely so hard on so many people, especially the smaller operators. But it's, I, I do think that there's a lot of um, good that came out of it in terms of I, I see so many operators and now that are redefining their definition of hospitality and, and how to deliver that to the guests. So, and uh, just building on that point, what do you think is the new definition of hospitality? Well, you know what? It's funny is. 
I'm in the hospitality industry. And whenever I go to work with someone, like you know, a restaurateur or hotel or resort, that's the same question that I ask, Kevin, is how do you define hospitality? And a lot of times they can't. They're like, oh, we're in the food and beverage business. We're in the lodging business. We're in, you know, the resort industry. And I'm like, well, no, at the end of the day, you're in the hospitality business. So if you can't define what hospitality is, then you're, in, you're not doing the business correctly, in my opinion. So I think hospitality is how do you make people feel? And I think that once again, going back to your point about COVID is I think that when people were locked down and they spent months away from socializing and so forth, hospitality started to mean something to him. It started going back to the original meeting of hospitality was, hey, welcome into my place. Welcome into my home. Let me take care of you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Travis, they tell me that you, you've been defined as an industry disruptor and a goodwill rock star. What a, a, what a designation there, buddy, for sure. So what do you think those uh, sort of uh descriptors mean to you and how has it influenced the way you do business buddy well i think it's a very flattering tagline that was minted by um a journalist from the boston globe um i don't know if you recall that the boston bombing but right after that um we got together i was very fortunate to be a part of a team of a hundred chefs um and pr people and everyone from the city to the boston red sox we got together and put together a dinner for a thousand or 5,000 people at Fenway Park. Um, so when working with that journalist, he, uh, he was going to do some background checks and so forth. And he came up with that line. So, but you know, really out of all that, which I like, um, I don't know about legend, I think more infamous than legend, but uh, I, I do like the, the disruptor part and the goodwill rock star. And to me, I don't know about rock star, but goodwill, it's the basis of everything I do. I think that goodwill is good business. And really what it means to me is about reciprocity and giving back to your community as a business. Um, I think that it's just a, a circle of reciprocity. And uh, being disruptive to me, that's just about being unbridled in creative thinking. And I think if you're in the hospitality industry, that's one of your challenges and one of your day-to-day -day business mandates is you gotta be creative, th creatively thinking all the time. So I think the, the, uh, the term disruption was kind of coined and it sounds kind of cool and formal, but to me, it's just about just constantly evolving. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you feel a heartbeat and lifeblood of what you do is developing concepts, buddy. So when you think of yourself as a, a concept innovator, what do you think of? I'm, I'm fascinated. I don't like, once again, I don't think it's about innovation as much as it is about being creative. So to me, innovation is just more about, Hey, it's a process and it's an intention as opposed to an event that happens and being innovative just means being creative, being unbridled, um, allowing yourself to kind of entertain new ideas um, and to come up with something that's fresh all the time, or at least be growing all the time. So innovation I think is also just about uh, um, evolving, you know, like don't, how can you be better than you were yesterday? And, you know, and, and I think that people, human beings are constantly innovative every day. They're doing something different. They're trying to better themselves. I wish more operators would take the same approach to, to their businesses. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Travis, I'm curious to ask you about the concept of inclusive employment in hospitality. You know, buddy, I was, born with what's called 
uh, spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Uh, simply, right. simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And outside of hosting this podcast, buddy, I do a lot of work to help individuals with disabilities gain uh, gainful employment. So when we look at uh, gainful employment and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and hospitality, what does that look like for you? What, what is that that looks like? Well, you know what, I, I, the word diversity, I, you know, I've always heard about it in my entire career, mostly from the HR departments. And, and I think it was, it's the wrong choice of words. I think diversity has the right intention and at the core, it has the right sincerity. But I prefer the word to be um, dynamic. And being dynamic means being human and being relatable to other humans. And everyone is human. And so to me, diversity is a great um, business practice in terms of, yeah, you should be doing those things. And yes, everybody, um, we're all the same. We're all human beings and we all have the same spectrum of emotions and we all want the same things out of life, which is to live a rich life. And I think that that's just being a dynamic operator. I think if you, if you're no, it's no longer an, an opportunity. I think it's an obligation to be diverse in your practices and to be to be human, you know, to have a sense of humility and to be able to connect with anybody. So I think that um, the word, the idea nowadays when people talk about diversity, I think it gets a bad rap where it means that you're now have a practice in place that you're going to um, include X amount of people, the inclusiveness, where really that's what you should be doing anyways. It shouldn't be a policy. It shouldn't be a campaign. It should just you be being human, connecting with other humans, right? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone deserves a chance to contribute to society, don't they? Yeah, everyone gets a chance to be them, you know, and I, and I think that that's what diversity is hopefully is getting across to people is it's about connections, people connecting with people and every business benefits from another person with who, when everything that they bring to the, to the table. Right. Yeah. And to that point, Travis, I'm wondering your, your, your uh, thoughts on the concept of constantly building relationships because, you know, uh, Travis, I, I live by the saying that life is a constant game of networking. So I'm wondering your thoughts on the importance of building relationships. I, I, I don't even know if it's important. It's critical. I think it's the lifeblood of any business, well, in any hospitality business, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter the aesthetics of your design. It doesn't matter the offerings that are on your F&B menu. It's people, really, at the end of the day, what you're providing is um, a connection to people. And so, you've got to be networking all the time. You've got to be building relationships. And, you know, you hear about these customer loyalty programs and all these marketing initiatives that people work so hard on to gain new customers or to impress customers. But really what they should be doing is connecting with customers. And that's how you build loyalty is if you're likable, right? And you're only likable if you're sincere about the relationships you're looking to forge, right? Absolutely. Now, Travis, tell me that you're inspired or on a mission to create authentic and inspiring hospitality and bring it back to the trade. So tell me about how the mission is going and, and what principles that you're guided by when you try to do that. Well, well Kevin, I can say I'm batting about 400, right? But those are Ted Williams numbers, so I'm okay with those. Um, it's a challenge, you know, every, once again, going back to one of our earlier points is 
everyone defines hospitality differently. So I'm trying to go in and I'm hopefully imparting to clients and to colleagues and coworkers and, and everywhere I go is that hospitality at its roots is once again, is about how you make people feel and about goodwill and about kindness and also a little bit about entertainment. I look at every hospitality venture that I had the opportunity to work on as is it's almost like welcoming somebody into my home right making sure that they were invited with a certain level of formality and sincerity that they are welcomed at the door that they feel comfortable and informed when they're in my space and that I'm doing the best that I can do in everything that I deliver to them and paying attention to them all the time reading social cues and making sure that if someone needs something that hasn't been provided that's I, I, you know, I rise to the level to kind of get that to them. So I'm hoping that hospitality gets less transactional and back to a roots where it's more emotional. Right. Um, and, you know, and there is emotion. I always say when we, you know, we work with, work with certain clients and they're like, oh, we got really bad reviews or, hey, our scoring, if they're a resort or hotel is down or, hey, you know, we're, we're seeing that our business is down. And when you really scratch the surface, people are just aren't happy with the way that that the operator made them feel. And that to me is authentic hospitality is what are you doing in your day-to-day practices in your offerings, in your business plans and your intentions to make people feel great about having that relationship with you. Right. So for me, authentic hospitality is once again, being human. And then it's about how you make people feel, not just what's, you know, on your menu and what kind of lighting is in the space. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And Travis, I'm curious to ask you about the value proposition of getting customers back and how you think we can create an environment in hospitality that customers feel welcomed and safe and, and really uh, diversifying their experience in hospitality. Well, I think value is a tricky word. Um, too often, I think in the hospitality industry, whenever you say the word value, people always try to, or operators especially, think discount. When really value should be the mindset of what do you have that's significant or that has appeal or um, um, is of worth to somebody, right? So I think that if you change the mindset around value, in, in all aspects, everything from the product offerings to your um, pricing model, to your marketing, to your hiring practices, to your day-to-day operational practices, it's about some, what are you doing that has worth, right? And I think if people change the thinking around value props, and also the word proposition to me sounds like a really weak intention, right? It sounds a little... Uh, too warm and and I don't know, it's too clinical. Um, So I I would prefer to say, what are you doing that's of significance, that's attractive, that makes you stand out so you're distinctive and that has meaning to you, to your guests, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Travis, I know that you have a a saying that you go by called uh, simulating the gray matter of hospitality. So tell me about uh, why and uh, you think it's important to do that and, and how you uh, came up with your philosophy in that regard? Well, I think I, how I came up with it was having worked with, you know, I'm through my, my entire career and I've, I've put some time in now, Kevin, I'm getting up there now. I'm starting to become a little long in the tooth, but um, I, I would 
say that having worked for some of the best operators in the industry, and you know, conversely, some of the, some of the operators that could benefit from a little bit more thought. So really, that's what it is. I, when I say stimulate the business gray matter, it's like actually investing some time into thinking about the business, thinking about who your guests are or who you want, what kind of guests you want to attract, and then how you're going to establish that, establish and maintain that relationship. So that to me is what stimulating gray matter is. What are you, are you actually investing the time and the effort to actually think about how everything that you're offering resonates with your guest and what your relationship is with the guest? Um, and also, you know, not being so reflexive and redundant in your approaches. There's just too many operators that I've worked with in hospitality that's like, well, that's always worked for us. I'm like, well, I think COVID was a good lesson for many people that stuck to that game plan is just because some things work doesn't mean that they don't have an opportunity for improvement or to evolve. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that those are my guiding principles when it comes to working with clients is, hey, we're going to, we're going to try to make you think differently or at least entertain the thought of exploring, you know, um, exploring new ideas, exploring um, what's out there in the marketplace, explore, exploring the idea that not everything you're doing is 100% on point. Um, so once again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier is being dynamic, right? Yeah. And, and to that point, I'm, I'm curious to ask you about the business mechanics and the human elements of hospitality and how do you think those two things have evolved well well mechanics are what you know we call in the industry stand you know sop standard operating procedures or the steps of service so the mechanics are like when you are operating whether you're a server or a bartender or a sous chef um no matter what your role is in a hospitality venture front desk um, um facilities maintenance regardless is that there's it's like following a recipe. There's certain steps that you need to do in your role to make sure that the outcome is as it was intended. But then there's also the human side. So yeah, there's some physical mechanics you got to get through for, you know, to get the recipe right and to make sure that the, um, the food gets from uh, this this spot on the line to the table in the right amount of time. There's a certain guest mapping and guest journey. You go as a guest of a resort or a hotel, starting with the online experience to your arrival, to all the little touch points along the way. Um, so I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I, was so, I was actually thinking about my experience walking through a resort. Uh, refresh my memory on that one, Kevin. Yeah, we were just talking about the business mechanics and the oh, sorry. Human, yeah. human element of hospitality, yeah. Right. So after all those mechanics are completed, after all those steps of service are in place, really, then it's about engagement. It's about people serving people. Right. And so people as dynamic and com complex and convoluted as we are, like it, there's a lot of humanity that goes into There's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of sociology in a hospitality environment. So once you've got the mechanics down, so you get your offering to the guest in the way that you intended is now you got to start reading the guests. You got to start to see how things are resonating. Are you paying attention with them? Was Are they receiving what you put out there the way that you intended? So you really have to think about people um, as your business. And it's not about, you know, we don't sell software. In hospitality, we sell experiences and we sell emotions, right? And so you really got to factor in the human element into every equation. And that should be, once again, the goal is, 
after I've done everything that I set out to do in my business planning, my day-to-day operations, my best practices, how did I make people feel? And was that the outcome or the experience that I'm hoping that they, they received or we intended for them to receive? Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about that emotional capital for anyone that, that wants to enter this field and make it a full-time career, talk about the emotional intelligence and sort of the traits they have to have in order to be successful. I would say the very first, you know, and, and EQ is a new word that's out there too, like disruption. And I'm glad it is. I'm actually glad that, um, operators are thinking now about diversity and it's what it means at its core about emotional intelligence another one i'll throw in there is situational awareness and at the end of the day i think once again those are all just being mindful of how you're making people feel and your openness to to engage with others in a respectful manner and in terms of of a recipe let's say for success i would say it starts out with being humble you know like I've seen some of the best chefs in the world absolutely fall flat on their faces because the arrogance got in the way of the business and it got to the point where the the art um, became more than the humanity part of it. So I'd say be humble. And then the other one is humility, you know, and it's, for me, humility is being aware of uh, the people around you, being aware of how your actions are affecting others, being aware of how your attitude creates atmosphere or destroys atmosphere and then just once again being tuned in to your guests um experience which is to me experience is an emotional memory so i think if you're not being humble you're not being uh you're not, you're not having a possessing any humility and you're not looking at it from a holistic perspective you've really lost the audience or you've lost the opportunity with the audience and Travis, I, i'm curious to get your thoughts on the keys to stimulating or sustaining uh, the gig gig economy moving forward? I personally, I love the gig economy. I'm living it, right? So, you know, being a consultant, you're basically always a gig worker, um, unless you're fortunate enough to establish a relationship that's ongoing. But I'm all for it. And you know what? From my experience in the hospitality industry, it's always been a gig job. It's always, you know, hospitality is fantastic. And the fact that it's an environment where, there's not a lot of barriers to entry in terms of education. Um, that it's a, a culture of inclusivity in terms of, hey, everybody come in and we'll get you the training that you need to be a part of our team and deliver. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's, um, shit, I lose my train of thought again. <laughs> yeah, you were just telling me about uh, the thoughts you had on the gig economy and how oh, important right. it is, yeah. I think, well, it's, so it's always been a gig economy. I think that it's the new paradigm. So for operators to say that they're not for it or it's, it's, it's too much work, um, I think they're crazy. I think they're missing out on a lot of talent that's out there that you can take advantage of and leverage for a short period of time. And then get the next person that comes in that has fresh ideas, fresh perspectives, brings in a different level of energy, sees things from a different vantage point. Um, I think the gig economy is terrific. I think it's really always been what the hospitality industry um, has promoted uh, in terms of, I don't know of too many businesses in hospitality, maybe other than ski resorts or, or beach resorts where people come in and they're there for the rest of their career. 
right? Those, those people are the exception and not the rule. So everyone's a gig worker or a freelancer and a specialist, in my opinion. So, I, you know, let's keep it going. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, we're all uh, specialists in our own uh, areas of expertise, don't we? Yeah, you know what? I think that every individual is a subject matter expert in something. So if you're an employer or you're running a business, if you're an operator, give me as many experts as there is. And some have more value than others and um, so forth. But you know what? Why wouldn't I always want the mindset that, hey, Kevin's an expert and I'm going to bring him in for a bit of um, bit of time and I'm going to benefit from that relationship. And when he moves on, I'm going to find another expert who's going to show me some new ways of thinking and some new ways of doing things. So let's keep the gig economy going, I say. Always networking, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, actually, that's a great point, Kevin, is I was always told um, from a really good mentor of mine, networking means um, connections. You don't make connections if you don't have interactions. You don't have interactions if you're not constantly meeting new people. So networking is about constantly putting yourself out there to, to meet new people, right? Or to open your doors so that new people can come and find you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are your thoughts on the emergence of uh, technology and how it helps and hurts human capital and your thoughts on uh, the labor shortage all across the uh, working world and how it affects hospitality. Well, the hospitality industry took a beating with COVID. Um, I think that there was a lot of bad media. Um, there was too much time for storytelling. It wasn't necessarily positive. It was all gloom and doom. But um the human capital shortage or, you know, the, the fact that there's just not a, enough bodies out there anymore, I think is, is obviously hurting hospitality. I know so many operators that have venues they can't open or hours of operation that are limited or um, their service or their offerings are really diluted because they don't have the level of experience and expertise coming in. But once again, I think that that's forced operators to think differently about you know, I mean, the last five or six years prior to COVID, I saw so many people that were so many businesses that were flourishing that they, in spite of themselves, um, were making money. And then COVID came and now they can't replace those bodies. So I think now there's more consideration and more value for each person that you do get. Um, I think that there is more of an onus on the operators to improve their employer branding and to really get out there and share what their sincere culture is because people are picking and choosing, especially like we talked about the gig freelancers and so forth, gig economy and freelancers, people are picking and choosing who they want to work with, what businesses they want to um, collaborate with. And I do think it's a collaboration. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done. And I think that comes also to technology. I think it's going to be another five years minimum before people a new generation is willing to enter or re-enter the hospitality. And it's just because of all the fear mongering that went on during COVID um, and all the bad raps that they got. But I think it's going to come back and it's going to be those operators. I, I know some operators in Canada. Um, there's a, there's a group, you probably heard of them, you know, the Earls. Um, there's also Joey's, um, it used to be Joey Tomatoes and the Cactus Club. Another one, which you probably know, Kevin, is the keg. Been around for, I think they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. Yeah, absolutely. From, from my understanding, none of those operators or none of those organizations, I should say, those are big outfits. None of them had problems with hiring. 
right? They didn't experience a shortage in labor because they had the right culture. They were already treating their people exceptionally well. They were already purpose-driven companies. They were already practicing inclusion and diversity. So uh, I, I think that um, for the good operators, the, except, you know, the real exceptional operators, having, finding people will never be a problem. Now, that being said is there are environments like we work with a number of ski resorts where they're very isolated and they're hard to get to. And, you know, the housing is, is, a, is a challenge. Um, so in those instances where they may not physically be able to get the workforce that they need is that's where technology comes in, you know, especially in the back of the house, um, you know, better better pieces of equipment, uh, new advances in the type of equipment that you can put in a kitchen where at the end of the day, it saves you the need for two to three bodies. It's now one piece of equipment that can actually, I wouldn't say replace, but they can stand in for the fact that you're just not going to have those, that talent available anymore. So now you got to, if you don't have the talent, you got to defer to technology, right? Um, I, and I do think that technology, once again, we talk about COVID catalyst. I think that there is a lot of, technology that's come into play um, as a result of COVID that's made life easier and a little bit more frictionless for the customer and for the guest. Everything from how do I find you, smartphone accessibility, um, chat, you know, if I'm on a website, I can do one of the chats with somebody live or with the bot, I can answer the FAQ um, to paying, you know, some people are still very leery about the world post COVID and what COVID means to them. So, you know, in addition to sanitation and hygiene and all the things you can do to be a good operator, there's some people that still don't want that personal or up, up close, intimate, personal interaction. They, they would want a little bit of distance still. So technology allows for that in terms of payment and ordering and, and so forth. So. Yeah. And just building on that, Travis, I'm wondering what has you most optimistic about the future of hospitality? Uh, what has me most optimistic is the fact that I think with COVID, once again, is it's, it, it sparked in people's mind the significance of what hospitality means in their life, how much the local pub on the corner, how much the weekends brunch with family, um, how the trip away with friends from high school every three to four years to a, a, you know, a favorite resort, how much those things mean to people in, in their day-to-day -day lives. When all that went away because of COVID, I think people realized that it was more, you know, it was less about the pints you can get after work before, you know, you go home or the, you know, the rowdy weekends or the poolside cabana and having pina coladas serve you. It was really about social interaction and it was about well-being in, in terms of people being able to connect with people. So, I'm hoping that COVID was, was a great, you know, when you talk about the great resignation, I like to call it the great reset, where it's giving so many operators the opportunity to turn the dials once again and go from being just transactional to being a little bit more humanistic and a little bit more gen providing genuine hospitality. So I, I'm optimistic. And even right now, being a gig worker, being a freelancer, being that a lot of our clients are, are international and, and coast to coast is... Travel is up. I'll tell you that much. You go into an airport on a weekend, you'll see how much you know, people want to travel again. Um, but I think people also want to get, in, get into hospital. They want to get into venues again. They want to get into that social scene again, right? Well, you know, I, I taught me as one of those people, Travis. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people 
that have to uh, touch and feel and talk to people to feel yeah. connected. So I, I, I completely get to there, buddy. And my final question for you, buddy, has to do with your own individual and personal legacy and how you want that to be defined. Well, for me, personal and professional, there, there's no distinction. It's it's the same thing for me. Um, I live a pretty immersive lifestyle, meaning that my day-to-day isn't broken up or my, my hours in the day isn't necessarily broken up between, oh, hospitality is, and consulting and coaching is my job, and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to do something completely different. My entire, from the moment, minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed is about my passion for this industry. It's about learning. It's about experiencing. It's about hopefully giving some new ideas and contributing to the conversation. So for me, there's no distinction. You know, a day the girl once and she goes, I just wish for once you couldn't be the Jason Bourne of the restaurants world. And what she meant by that was I can't go into a place without counting how many seats there are, how many people are in the room, trying to guess what they're you know, how many, um, what their sales are in a day based on the throughput that I see there when I'm, you know, when I'm on site, what shoes people are wearing, what's on other people's tables, which I know is a little creepy that I'm watching other people, other people eat. But uh, for me, it's just, it's, it's part of who I am. It's, it's reflexive. But if I was hoping that there would be anything that to, to be remembered for or anything that would, when someone says, Hey, do you know Travis? Or did you work with him? I'm hoping that they would just say that I had something to contribute that I, I made an impression, um, a positive impression, or you know, made a positive contribution, and that's, um, that there was a guy that was completely 100% about what he does, right? Almost, almost like an artist, you know? So that, that would be my hope, is that I gave something of value and that I bettered a business or bettered someone's day because you know, they, we, we had the opportunity to engage, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Travis, there's nothing wrong with having a passion and purpose in life, right? Well, you know what? I agree with you, Kevin, but it's it's funny. There's so many times I've been labeled as a workaholic, and I'm like, well, no, this is this is everything to me. This is where I make my living, obviously, but it's also like I can't walk through an airport. I can't walk around a local community without wondering Oh, what's the story behind that mom pa taqueria? Or hey, I, I've I've never seen that concept before. Or here's wow, what an amazing hotel! I wonder who the, like all of that stuff is. It stimulates me, right? And so, um, yeah, I, I'm passionate about it, and I think that that's a good way to live life. Hopefully, I know I could be wrong, but it's it's working for me so far. Absolutely, <laughs> it's got to this far, hasn't it? Yep. Wow, well, it's been a journey, but at the end of the day, I don't regret any of it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Travis, I said that everything in life happens for a reason, right? Yeah, especially if you have a reason. I, I, my mom used to say that everything in life happens for a reason. And what's your reason? Like, what do you, what do you hope to manifest? And what do you hope to contribute? And that means you got to have a reason. And my reason is, I want to better the hospitality industry, no matter where I am or how small uh, or large the project is, right? Absolutely. Uh, Travis, finally, tell me if people want to uh, get connected with your money, what's the best way they can do that? Well, I'm pretty active on social media under the handle T-Bone Talbot. Um, that's, so, that's one way of reaching me, and I'm on almost every social platform. And then right now, like, we have a, a number of consulting services and a number of brands that we, um, we manage. Um, 
but you know, the best one right now that we're spending a lot of our time and focus on is hospitality arts dot group. A fantastic. Well, I certainly enjoyed engaging in conversation with you about your experience and hospitality fun and your time on my behalf and work in the space is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here this afternoon. Kevin, thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation and definitely appreciate your time.